Previously on Kirk Cameron's Saving Ernest. <laughs> Previously on Tyler Perry's Medea Saves Ernest. <laughs> Previously on Dial M for Magic. Previously on Ernest Goes to Camp. Wait, what? On Ernest Goes to Jump Camp. Uh... <laughs> The party was uh, unable to deceive the mysterious Brother Q, and a brawl ensued between them and the monks of the Abbey. However, due to a timely thunderclap and some excellent grappling by Herman, the fight was quickly resolved, and the mysterious Tears member was thrown into a cell. Kitty, in trouble, freed Maggie the Minotaur and two other prisoners, and Maggie snapped off a piece of her horn and went off to wage unholy war against her captors. Red makes an impassioned plea to Sir Gerald Birkenstock, and Gerald's minion orb, Cyril, pointed them in the right direction. Kitty and Red check it, checked out the friar's office, and discovered a roster with various tier teams on it, as well as locations of various abbey chapters and chapter presidents. There is also a veiled reference to something called the cathedral. Additionally, there is an operations playbook listing the names of various clandestine activities that are currently being undertaken by the Abbey throughout Bastalone. With some crafty investigation, Kitty has located a secret button underneath the friar's desk, and upon pressing it, a hidden door appears. Descending deep into the bedrock on which the Abbey is built, the party encounters a horrifying scene as row upon row of surgical tables are visible. Upon them are bodies, some still and some stirring. Visible in cells on either side are more prisoners in different states of living. But something wicked this way comes for our heroes as a deep abyssal voice intones, and someone or something calling itself Abaddon awaits for them somewhere in the dark. Trapped behind an iron grate and with many stone passages facing them, our heroes must brave the long dark and the evil within. Well done. You really did write that one down. I can I can feel that. Yeah. I can feel it too. That was that was deep. I feel it in my loins. That's all all I shoot for. <laughs> I want that loin feeling. <laughs> <laughs> that loin all feeling. Cut cut that cut that. <laughs> no loin feelings here, everyone. That's it. The podcast no. is over. That's it. <laughs> Should we all be like actually preparing for these sessions and like writing things down? Would that make the podcast? That would better? be out of character for you. So no. It would. <laughs> That's crazy talk. Yeah. It makes it better if you specifically show up completely disorganized. I'm a DM, and when I DM, I am organized, but I'm not organized on this podcast. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I like how Henry's like, yeah, uh-huh. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Whatever, man. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you all are uh, in this kind of cavernous vaulted area with cells on either side of you and the tables. And I think I should have mentioned it in the intro, but... Uh, I think you also went around and tried to free some prisoners. Yeah. yeah. We, we were trying to free them, and and uh, Red was casting Spare the Dying on... Yeah, oh, that's last right. I left Red, he was experiencing uh, several crises and losing his shit. So... His warlock rage. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Let's do this thing. 
Let's kick Abaddon with a sundown, Shan. Yeah, Henry, can you set the scene again for, like, where we are? Like, can we see this thing yet? Is it approaching? Oh, no. You cannot see... You can't see anything that would... That would uh, indicate that that's where the voice came from. It's just kind of a voice that booms and reverberates off the walls, so... Is it, like, close enough, but in the shadows? Or is it, like, out of sight entirely? Oh, it's out of sight entirely. Yeah. Is there any chance we can start start getting away before it comes here? Or, like, start getting people away before it comes here? So, I do have an idea that could go with your idea, Dan. Uh, but, Henry, this is going to take a little DM discretion. Okay. Um, I have the spell Minor Illusion, which allows me to... Um, I can create a sound, um, it can be any sort of volume, and it can be my voice or someone else's voice. Does that mean I would, if I were to try and imitate somebody's voice, I have to make a deception check to see how successful I am at doing that voice? Hmm. I think you do an impression and we decide whether or not. Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. <laughs> was my first thought. You, Jordan, have okay, to imitate okay, the voice. Okay, okay so... Um... <laughs> oh, shit. Give me just a second. <laughs> Let me get into this. You got this. Just um... believe in yourself. <clears throat> so, Treble will snap his fingers, casting minor illusion. And as he does in a... In a, not in a, it's not a scream, like it, but it's a, a loud voice, so it echoes just as much as the voice of Aberdon. I'm going to shout, Brother Aberdon, this is the friar. I am with these folks. No need to come down this way. Interesting. I have no idea what the fire sounds like. I don't remember. I, I mean, all, I, all I think of is Han Solo going, "Everything's fine down here. No need to worry." Um, yeah, we're fine now. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> Go ahead and roll deception. All right, deception. Uh, Eighteen. Okay. You hear kind of a rumbling noise and then a squelch. Like, like something slimy or wet, like, and then you hear, Are you sure, master? Yes, yes, I'm just giving a tour of the building. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, roll deception again. Oh, no. (laughs) Just giving a tour. This abbey doesn't look like much, but once you get in there, it's got a real ass on it. Oh, God. tour of our of our fucking goddamn torture chambers master this is an unlisted real estate site why would you give it a public tour they want to pay cash up front and they said they needed to see it today oh uh, yeah uh, just just roll the deception like <laughs> it's a 23 yes god damn it okay. yes yes okay. yes um, yes very well, I shall retire to the cavern and the grotto. Grotto. <laughs> I don't. I don't okay. expect this to work. I'm gonna push work. it. I'm oh, gonna no. push it a bit further. Oh, oh no! Why? Go in your character. 
On second thought, Aberdon, you should head upstairs because some of the brothers and sisters have decided to revolt against us. So you should go and attack them. Master, you you know I cannot fit up up that staircase. Not since I was a wee leech. That's unsettling. <laughs> right, I right. forgot about yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> um, you do you, bro. Yeah, go back to your... Re- retire to your quarters. I don't expect this to work for a long time. But um, before Ab- Abadog catches on to what's happening, how... how how many Ow. people am I able to sort of medicine check while this conversation goes on? I will say four. Okay. And go ahead and roll a d4 to determine how many of them you're able to do something for. While this is happening, Herman turns to Treble and goes, You're killing it right now. Thanks, Herman. I got a three. <laughs> you got a three? Yeah. Okay, so you are able to stabilize three more people excellent how many total is that now 13 thir- well th- yeah 13 i think i said you could do 10 in the basement oh nice okay that's a lot of people uh i will also say that while you are doing this hattie is actually kind of she gets down on one knee and she, it looks like she's checking the floor that seems good and she, like, drags her hand over the floor, and then she holds it up, and it's covered in, like, this gelatinous ooze-like substance. Yeah. Oh, no. Is Abaddon a big slime? Abaddon's a big slime. Let's not stick around to find out. Although, if, it, if Abaddon were a big slime, he would not have an issue necessarily getting through a small space. That's true. I don't know if what Abaddon is. He a job is. at Nickelodeon. I'm scared. <laughs> oh dear. I'm really proud of that joke and nobody heard what it. What did you say? <laughs> I said that you could get a really good job at Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah, I did not hear that. That wasn't a good joke. <laughs> you did not need to draw attention to that. <laughs> I was proud of that one. I don't know what you're talking about. Fuck you. Fuck you guys. Who are you guys? Go home. <laughs> I'm taking my podcast. I'm going home. Take my jokes where people appreciate them. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, now that uh, Treble nailed that spot on impression, we should get the hell out of here. Okay. How? Uh, was there no exit? Isn't the exit now barred? So if you came in from the right and you've got like some of the tables there, you've got the cells on each side. Uh, in front of you is a passageway which had an iron grate over it. And then when you heard the voice of Abaddon, that grate actually raised into the ceiling. So there is that passageway that you can go in. Uh, there's also one uh, in, like, the top left corner. Uh, so... Hmm. And then uh, an iron grate did come down over the, uh, within the passageway leading to the staircase that you just descended. Oh, so we can't go back the way we, we can't can. go. I mean, you could definitely try and make a strength check or, you know, yeah. break the gate, but... We don't really want to go that way anyway. And then we don't want to go the way that the gate went up, because that is presumably where Abaddon is. 
I would imagine that's also the where the exit probably is too. I would imagine they put this giant thing between the exit and these prisoners. I mean, maybe, but we could always check out that other I, way just in case. <laughs> uh, I cannot make this decision. My character is too fucked up. <laughs> he needs an adult. Well, one thing we also have to consider is. Do we need to kill this Abaddon thing so that it does not continue to do this to people? Well, is it he that's doing it? Or, 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 or the Abbey? Good. I would imagine he's question. probably part of the but, Abbey but, since he's in the but, Abbey. But I mean, like, the friar is the one that's doing it, not... I mean, who knows? Yeah, he might not be a bad guy. Maybe he has to. I'm gonna bank on him being the bad dude. Don't judge a book by its cover, Trevor. For all you know, he's a delightful fella who makes raspberry scones. You don't know. I do love raspberry scones. Who doesn't? Okay, while you're having whatever this is, um, <laughs> you hear uh, noise coming from the staircase that you just exited from. It sounds like the sound of stamping feet and clinking metal. And then you hear... In a, re- in a very angry tone of voice. You're all gonna make a forgettable footnote one day when I get down there. Well, we have to go he somewhere. sounds mad. Those who want to, go ahead and roll perception. Oh, God. Bust out the old dice. Oh, oh God, I'm dropping my dice on the ground. The eight. I got a two plus okay. one, a three. Oh, God. Big ol' okay. sixer. I rolled a four. I got a 14. Thank God somebody got something. <sighs> okay. Um, not enough! <laughs> judging not, by that not, not quite enough. You hear kind of a, a static buzzing sound that may... that almost sounds like radio static. I was thinking bees. <laughs> yeah, I was doing... <laughs> bees! Not the bees! That'll be a later boss. <laughs> is it the radio that we're carrying from Krogash and all them? It is that, it, is that correct? Yeah. Ah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out the radio. So that's the rub, though. You it it is buzzing static, and you can pick out like s- somebody's talking, but you can't make out the words, presumably because you're too far underground. All right, guys, I'm going to see if there's an exit over here. And then I'm going to go up to the passageway up to the left and take a peek. Trouble's going to hold up the radio like you do in your, with your cell phone when you're trying to get cell coverage. <laughs> He's just trying to, like, go to the corners of the room. Like, maybe it's over here I can get better cell service. Like, standing on the table over the corpse. <laughs> you go up to the left-hand passageway. One thing that you immediately notice is that this is not so much like a passageway as it is just an actual cave that they kind of expanded and put a grate over. Just by looking inside the first few feet of the cave, the surfaces are all oddly shiny, and there are pools of some sort of gelatinous substance uh, on the walls and on the floor. Uh, The cave is about probably 14 feet tall at its highest point, and it kind of curves around to the left. Um, You can see a couple of stalactites and stalagmites 
uh, on the roof and floor of the cave, respectively. And that's the direction we heard Abaddon from? Or that's the other way? You, I mean, I, you don't know. It, oh, it's kind of booming from everywhere, so the, you can't get a specific direction fix. Okay. All right, guys, uh, this way looks gross, and these are my nice shoes, so I'm going to check the other way. <laughs> have shoes on half the time. Half the time we're out running around. You guys have no shoes, no socks, no service. They're, pro- they're probably brand new shoes for the... For the now, Herman, Her- Herman, how loudly do you say that? Um, would you say? Very quietly. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, that's definitely okay. what happened. No, that's fine. Herman, go ahead and roll perception. Ooh, no. Okay, 19. Oh, 20. Dirty 20. Ooh, okay. So you see what might be a bit of movement in this passageway. And you see... For like a split second, uh, a luminous circle, which might be an eye, opens and then closes again. That sounds bad. Yeah, I'm going to do a constitution check to see if I crap my pants. <laughs> uh, sure, go ahead. I, I, I'll, I'll allow it. I, yeah. I'll allow you to crap your pants. I'll allow you to crap. <laughs> Roll for crap. Roll for crap. I got 14. Um, it's a near thing, but you've got some intestinal, <laughs> literal intestinal fortitude. Oh, and uh, It's one of those ones where you got to clench the cheeks a little bit just to, like, make sure that it's, yeah. everything's Hold it right on in there. Yeah. Hold it right on in there. Prairie dog it just a little bit. Oh, dear God. This is a bad episode so far. This is not a good episode. I almost didn't say it. I couldn't help myself. What are you talking about? I I wrote a great intro for this. I think we're, I think it, it's going fine. It's all fine. It's fine. When Henry writes something beautiful, we always follow it up. We crap up with something. Yeah. Literally. With literal shit is what we follow it up with. Um. Okay. I want to I want to check the other exit. As we're okay checking for um exits and like trying to get out of here, uh, I think. Red is still, like, kneeling next to an unconscious person and um, starting to realize there are far too many people to take with them. He's going to look for the nearest adult, which I think is either Hattie or Kitty. Whoever is closer to me, that's up to y'all. Kitty is still invisible. As far as I remember. Okay. So I so I guess it's Red, Hattie then. <laughs> Red looks over at Hattie and goes, "Uh, do we ha- do we have to leave leave him here?" Well, uh, I mean, I don't know that I would want to be left here, but uh, you know, maybe. They, they, you know, they, they were here, so maybe they know how to get out of here. I, I, I really don't know. I, I can't say that I've ever been to a, a, a cavern beneath a church, run by, a tyrannical religious organization. <laughs> he, he's gonna sort of look around because Kitty is still invisible and go. Kitty, do you still have those keys? Can we un- 
unlock some of these? I, 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 yeah, I have a whole thing of, I have a whole ring of keys. I don't know what any of them do besides open the door upstairs. He's just so. like desperately, like emotionally trying to find a way to like let these people out or give them any kind of chance. She will, Kitty will toss the keys from herself to Red and they will become uninvisible. Okay. Towards red. I am gonna try them on a cell, the closest one, and just see if I can get it open. Okay. Go ahead and roll a d10. Just uh, no modifiers? I mean... I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Basically, if you get higher than a five, you unlock it. So I got a four. So, no dice. Okay. Oh, yeah, his yeah. like hands are like shaking as he's trying different keys. Um I I think as it's getting to a point where he's like, "Okay, I can't do this." Uh he's going to go back to the people that are on the tables and see if there's anyone who's still alive there who is like a a gnome or a halfling or a child or something that he could actually carry and like save one person there is a rather uh elderly gnome who actually appears to maybe be conscious okay um stirring pretty heavily and you can hear like the the gnome mumbling yeah as we are like choosing an exit red is gonna kind of help this guy get up kind of like carry him over his shoulder and be like yeah, it's, it's okay, man. We're we're doing a rescue. And uh, just, like, hold this gnome. And he looks pathetic. Just Red looks pathetic right now. So noted. I will, I will notate that, that Red notate looks pathetic. Notate that this is a sad little boy. <laughs> Please roll for sadness. Um, okay, so Herman, you wanted to investigate the other passageway. Kitty, are you doing anything? Kitty doesn't... She has watched uh, Hattie look at the ground, looking, seeing if there is a, like, a trapdoor exit area. She's watching Herman. She doesn't know what to do at this point. She just is, like, has her hand in her bag and is, like, holding that uh, uh, grappling hook in case they can get to the outside, at least, and maybe... Okay. Uh, go rappelling down the building. That's all she's thinking. Or off the cliffs, off the side, because she's like, I don't know any other fucking way out of here. She's, okay. She's freaked out too. She just doesn't. She doesn't know what to do. And the two people who seem to be investigating, she's just letting them do it. So. Yeah, it sounds like we okay. need to go down the other passage that Herman hasn't checked out yet, or is checking out right now. We're not. Let's find out what he finds. <laughs> yeah, what does Herman find? So, Herman, you find yourself in a passageway. Uh, not a cave. It looks like it was actually constructed. So there's stone flagstones on floor, ceiling, and walls. There are brackets for torches, but there aren't any actually any torches lit. And... Uh, Interestingly enough, there are on each side of the hallway four suits of armor sort of decoratively placed, um, holding like different weapons. Proceeding through that passageway, you find yourself in a large common area 
on which there are three branches, one immediately ahead of you, one to your left, and one to your right. The room itself is filled with wooden boxes and crates and barrels, so it almost looks like kind of a storeroom. Um, there are brackets for torches on the walls of this room also, but again, they are not lit. Uh, there appears to be also a wooden like table with several chairs around it, so almost like sort of a guard table or a place for someone to sit while they're doing their, their accounting, their measuring. And that's what you see. Hmm, do I go back and get the rest of the group before I check the other ways? Someone's coming after us, so I, I think we probably should just follow yeah, Q, Herman, Q, keep Q moving. Is, Q is out there. Yeah. Being anonymous and all. Yeah, I'm gonna peek my head back in the room and be like, this looks like the way, guys. Alright, Red is following. With a half old halfling man on your With back? With an old halfling man on my back, yep. So you make your way into uh, into this space. You just proceeded through that bottom hallway with the suits of armor. You're now in this common room with the three branches to your left, your right, and in the center. Do we, do we each take a hallway and see and check? Uh, sh- sh- sure. I'll go to the right. I'll go to the left. Okay, I'll go to the left. No, I'll, I'll go forward. I'll go forward. You can't see me, but I'm there! <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have stay one with, for the right, one for the left, and... Well, I'll go straight. Okay. Um, okay, so to the left. Who went to the left again? Sorry. Me. That's what I thought. Okay. And you're still invisible for how much longer? I don't know. It wasn't that long ago. It was up when we were looting the room. So, probably another 45 minutes, because it got recast. So, the left-hand passageway, in contrast to the one that Herman saw, this one appears to be mostly very dry. Uh, There's not any of that gelatin... I mean, you wouldn't know this, but there's no gelatinous substance like what Herman encountered or Hattie encountered. I guess you saw Hattie. But the walls, the floor, and the ceiling are all dry. But you do find a number of, like, piles of straw, almost like what you'd put down in a stable for animals to sleep on. Um, And this is confirmed later on because you see a giant stone, almost like a dog bowl, on which is carved the name Crusher. Yep, nope, turn around, let's go! I'll just, like, go back into the bing room. Like, nobody go that way, there is probably a big fucking dog down there and they usually don't like me i'm beginning to, to suspect that no matter which way we go there will be something dangerous in it yeah but dogs particularly don't like me usually you know being a cat person oh yeah i forgot you're a cat person makes a lot of sense and i only have 17 hit points i don't know why but I got hurt, and I have 17 hit points. For some reason, I thought you were going to say you only had nine lives. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was the left-hand passageway. Uh, Herman, since you took the center one, um, this one, uh, kind of similar to the main room that you were just in, this one is not an actual cave formation, um, so an actual constructed room. Uh, Inside, you find another suit of armor, 
but this one is a little different. It is a suit of armor that is resting on a platform uh, about four feet off the ground. And the suit of armor and the platform it's on are surrounded by an iron, almost jail-like grating that extends down from the ceiling. So it's completely enclosed. Also on the left-hand wall of this room, there is a weapon rack where you can find... Basically, you can see almost every basic weapon in the, that you can get um, in, in some capacity. Uh, more disconcerting, though, is a smaller weapons rack to which is attached a number of what look like surgical implements. You can see scalpels, pliers, clamps, a drill. Fuck all of that. I hate that. Fuck that whole situation. Well, since I can't get to the armor in the thing, maybe I'll grab one of the weapons off the rack. Is there an axe over there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll grab an axe. Okay. Thank God! Thank God he finally has a goddamn weapon! (laughs) 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 Henry, can I have a little, like, hand crossbow? Sure. I I can grant that. I have the, I have a hand crossbow and a fucking gun. Yeah, I don't it's think true. Red is and ready for a gun. I have a cat. You have a cat. <laughs> and a sword. You have a sword. And my voice. Yeah, I have a sword. Okay. You've got your battle axe. And Red, you have the hand crossbow. Kitty, you're probably fine on weaponry. And yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm assuming you're good on weaponry anyway. Unless there's uh, a bunch of bullets in here because I only got ten bullets. Uh, no bullets, but interestingly enough, there are several barrels labeled gunpowder. I got a bag full of whatever I took from the thing, so. That's not good, though. She'll just point out, be like, we should watch out for that. No fire, treble, or red. Well, I'm in the right passage. I'm just saying it out loud, no fire. While you're doing this, uh, you hear a bellow from the room you were just in. The large room with the cells and the surgical tables. And then you hear, Master, I, th- I thought you were giving a tour of the place. And then you hear a electrical sparking, like, zap, like, gzzzt. And then you're, ah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I will I will deal with the intruders forthwith. Fuck the fire's down here now. We gotta pick away and go. I Yeah, is there anything on the right hand side of the when I go to the right? Uh yes, I'm getting to that. Uh so if going through the right hand side, the passage narrows substantially. So you could probably walk three abreast in each of the other passages. Uh, This one, you can only walk in single file. And it appears to be just carved into the rock, but pretty roughly. Kind of of the case with most of the cave formations down here. It's not so much a room. It appears to just be like a long, almost like an access tunnel. There's There's like brackets for torches, and a couple of them are burning, but not all of them. So it's... There are definite pockets of shadow uh, intercut with places where you have, like, light and can see where you're going. We should go that way. We are being way too careful for a bunch of panicked people. 
<laughs> Just run. Run that way. I'll lead the way down that tunnel. Roll initiative. Shit. Should all 15. of us do that? Okay. Okay, hold on. So 15 for Kitty. Mm-hmm. Okay. 14 for Herman. I also got 15. Um, I got a dirty 20. Okay, some some good rolls to start. Emerging from the passageway directly uh, that Treble is about to go down, you hear the squelching noise. And about 10 to a, 10 and a half to 11 feet tall is a giant slug. And it bellows at you. And, uh, hold on a second. I actually did not, in my, in my haste to reveal the slug, I did not roll its initiative. So. <laughs> I just wanted to fucking throw the slug at you, goddammit. Stop, God trying, damn it. stop trying to run from my love. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Uh, Kitty, what's your dex? Uh, 14 plus 2. Or, er, plus 2, okay. So this... It also rolled a 15. It also rolled a 15, but it'll go after you, so... I was say, I can't imagine a very dexterous slug. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Red, it is your turn. Okay. Uh, the slug is definitely coming to attack us, right? Uh, that would be the assumption, yes. Alright, I'm going to cast a spell. Um, and that spell, <laughs> that is... spell is, <laughs> let me just see if it hits. Let's just roll two hit real quick. That's a 12. That probably hits. Uh, it ties. Meets, if it meets it, it beats it. Yep. Okay. So, you will hit. So, um, still holding the little gnome, like, with one arm on one shoulder, Red reaches out his left hand, and just blue lightning energy comes out of his hand, and, like, goes around, uh, Treble, who I think is in front, and, uh, it forms a, like, arc of blue lightning between me and the slug. Um, okay. And he's gonna take some damage. What did you cast? I cast Witch Bolt. Ooh. It's gonna take 15 damage. Dang. That's pretty decent. And then uh, on each of my turns, if I don't take a different action, um, I can deal another 1d12 lightning damage to him because that arc of lightning stays between us until I do something else interesting yeah it's pretty good uh treble it is your turn i will also say treble you are the closest to this right now okay i'm gonna say i'm right behind Um, you because that makes sense that i went first so i'm just going to uh take a swipe at him with my long sword oh fucking shit oh it's gonna be an eight i know that's gonna miss uh, that will miss, yeah. So then I will cast Bardic Inspiration on Red. I will have that, thank you. I think that is going to be my turn. Kitty, it will be your turn. Okay, so I'm invisible, right? 
Unless you've done something, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, if I'm going to, I'm going to put one of those fire bullets in the gun and shoot it at the slug. Okay. Do I get advantage since I'm invisible and he can't see me? For the first shot, yeah. Yeah! Natural 20! Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so what did the fire bullets do? Fire, probably. It was like an extra D six of fire damage was it? Uh, yeah correct it was a d- or i think i said d6 plus two maybe okay well because i think the the regular bullets do 1d8 plus two so i think it did it does plus a d6 of fire damage as well is that what it was i don't know i, don't I think listen. i, th- I, don't I think that's correct podcast, so i can't remember what my items do <laughs> nobody knows what the fuck is going on at any time We'll say that, and then if someone wants to... Oh, oh, actually, you know what it is? It's it's that, but then you roll uh, on your next turn, you roll a d6 plus two again, because they're burned for uh, for two turns, so... Cool. So I'll just do... Okay, we'll do the d8s first. Eight, and then I get four d6 for sneak attack, so... And then plus the fire damage. Uh, 32 plus 2. 34 damage altogether. Jesus Christ. Rogues. Rogues getting a natural Jesus. 20, baby. Fucking love rogues. And then um, now I'm not invisible anymore. So I would like to use my bonus action to do insightful fighting against it. So it needs to make a deception check against my insight. Gotta beat a 10. Gotta beat a 10. Is this slug okay. deceitful? Yes. How how good is this slug at hiding its weak points? It's squishy, squishy weak points. All, all good questions. Um... <laughs> All good questions. Okay, so let's see here. The slug has a minus two, but it still beats your... <laughs> that's, that's a 12. Okay. I can do it again whenever I want. So that was my bonus action, my action. So we were headed down the smaller path. It showed up at the front of that, or... Correct. Yeah, it's okay. blocking our way further, I imagine. I am going to use my feline agility to just double speed back so i'll move 60 feet or as far back as i can in the hole away from it so i can open it up to people if they want to get aka herman aka vince d'onofrio to get close to slashy slash it the two furthest points are either the left hand passage which you checked out or the doorway that you all entered into this chamber from. I'll just kind of go by that doorway we entered. I'm not going to get near where that dog is. Ah, okay. Okay. That tracks. The slug is going to attempt to bite Treble with its surprisingly powerful gelatinous jaws. I I guess. Gelatinous jaws. <laughs> gelatinous jaws. That was my nickname in high school. I Ew. was with you in high school. That was most certainly not your... And also, uh, Does an 18 hit? Yes. Okay. Oh, dear. Okay. Oh, wow, that's pretty low for damage. You take 15 piercing damage. Oh, fuck. Treble is down. You only had 15? 
15 hit points? Left? I've taken a lot of damage the, the, this game. The boomerang beat him up pretty oh, good. Oh, I forgot about the fucking boomerang. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Red was saving everybody else. Uh, Treble's just running around bleeding all over the place. That was the slug's turn, so Herman, it is now your turn. Okay, well, now that uh, Treble's been hit, I'm going into rage, and Herman slash uh, Vincent D'Onofrio goes... I'm about to escargo medieval on your ass. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> yes. There we go. <laughs> and then I jump in the air with two hands and come down with my battle axe. Okay. And I rolled a... What am I going to add to this? Strength? 14? I think that hits. Uh, Yes, that will hit. Okay. And then on my battle axe, it shows two different numbers for damage. It shows 1d8 plus 4 and then 1d10 plus 4. It's one-handed or two-handed. Yeah, one versus two Oh, it's one-handed or two-handed. Okay, so two-handed is probably the 1d10 plus 4 then? Correct. Okay. Big fat one, baby. <laughs> oh. So five. Oh, I did no. five whole damage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're still getting used to it. You just got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> it's got it's got more torque than you thought it would. Yeah. It's maybe a little heavier than you were expecting. Nope. The used I, axe I, salesman I like that sold it to idea you that is, it's got uh, more torque. <laughs> the used axe salesman. That's that's pretty good. Oh wait, so it says I have a frenzy attack. Well, in frenzy, I can make a single melee weapon attack as a bonus action. You have to go into frenzy from your rage. Oh, so there's rage and then there's frenzy. Yeah. Interesting. And I think frenzy you you also can get exhausted at one point. You get I one think. point of exhaustion after you yeah. come out of rage. That's right. But you can you can choose to do it if you want. It's yeah, not a bad I idea. Would do it. I was gonna say, yeah, let's try that. Let's let's go into frenzy. Okay. Go ahead and make your extra attack. Uh, that's an eleven. Damn it. That <laughs> will narrowly miss. The slippery one, that slug. But you stay in what frenzy. Is, we've never, we've never turn, seen. Right? Yeah, he huh? stays in frenzy for his whole for the rest. Until of the he, game. until he says he okay. comes out of it, I think. Yeah, until he's. So when he goes into frenzy, is there a third persona that appears? Oh. <laughs> it's just an even angrier Vincent. <laughs> it's Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin in. Yeah. Yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah. but foaming at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> It's my turn, I think. <laughs> uh, yes, it is your turn. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm going to have to use an action to give Tribal a healing potion. So my Witch Bolt, unfortunately, goes away. Uh, the little arc of lightning disappears from between me and the slug. And um, Does it? Can't you just choose at any point in time to do it? As long as you have concentration on it? No, it... Or do you have to keep it up? Yeah, it goes away anytime you use an action to do something else. So I am going to grab the healing potion out of Treble's bag and just give it to him. Just throw it down his mouth. E, ten health with a surge of life. Um, yeah, you're up. Wake him up. Wake him, Wake up. him up inside. Wake him up inside. Uh, yeah, I don't have any bonus actions I can do, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick here right now. That's that's my whole turn. Okay. Uh, 
Treble, uh, I guess it's yours. So I'm Treble's gonna stand up. He's gonna look at the slug. He's gonna say, "Oh hi, Abaddon." Abaddon has to make a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> of all, of all. Okay. Uh, you let him have this. Yeah, this is kind of true. your fault. You did allow him to take this homebrew. Uh, nineteen. That's yeah. That should pass. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> he passes. Abaddon is now aware that I attempted to charm it. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's aware you attempted to charm it. You went, oh, hi! Isn't this just the same <laughs> as a charm person spell? Like, couldn't you have just taken charm person? Yeah, but it's not as fun to, to go, oh, Yeah, hi! where's the flair in that? <laughs> <laughs> There's no flair in that movie. Don't give me that. <laughs> <laughs> what a story. And then I'm going to cast my last bardic inspiration on... Herman. Perfect. I needed it. And that will be my turn. Uh, Kitty, your turn. Okay. Um, I, well, I'm going to move a little bit closer just uh, so I'm a little away from the door. Um, and I am going to first try insightful fighting again. So I need a deception check. Hopefully I'll roll better insight. 12, 16. He has to beat a 16. Okay. Eleven. Yeah, suck it. Okay. So I am going to just level my pistol in there. It doesn't have... It's just a regular bullet now. And I'm going to try to hit it. Oh, yeah, that's going to hit. 17 plus 4 is 21. Yeah, that'll hit. Yeah, suck it, bitch. Okay. Um, this one first. 14 shooty damage. And then he's burned, right? So he takes a d6. Correct. Plus two? Plus two. Seven. Seven burning seven burning damage. Okay, so seven plus fourteen. Yes. And then she'll just be like, um, guys, does it look dead squished yet? Can we we gotta we gotta get the f- f- fuck out of here. Yeah, has anybody got any salt? No, you're Vincent D'Onofrio now. What would Vincent D'Onofrio oh, that's right. say? Does anybody have any salt? Thank you. I need some fucking salt up here! Are there any online gamers nearby? They're a great source of natural salt. (laughs) It is the slug's turn. And who of you are closest right now? It should be Red, Herman, and Treble, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Did Herman get in front of Treble? He would have had to. To To hit it with the axe, yeah. yeah. It's Herman, and then Treble, and then Red. In a 30-foot cone in front of the slug, uh, perhaps spurred on by its recent bullet wounds, uh, the slug opens its mouth and retches forth this disgusting slime that lands uh, on the three of you and starts to make a hissing sound as it's kind of an acid spray. So you three make a dexterity saving throw. I almost used Misty Step to get on the other side of this thing, and I should have. Got an 11. 18. Okay, that does not succeed. What was 18. that? Okay, 18 succeeds. Dirty 20. Okay, that will also succeed. Oh, thank God. Uh, unfortunately, 
Herman, uh, you are caught. You're going to take a good chunk of damage. Everyone else is going to take some damage, but not quite as much. So I'm going to roll the damage really quick, and then I'm going to tell you how it breaks down. I love the thought of him blasting acid at me, and then everyone else just hides behind my body, and so they just get hit That's by a little bit of acid. That's absolutely what happens. <laughs> okay, so... Oh, dear. Those of you who succeeded... Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna take 21 acid Aww, damage. Trembles down again. Yeah, I'm down again. And, or, pardon me, no, 20. 20, not 21. Okay, and then, Herman, you're gonna take 40. <sighs> oh my Jesus. gosh. I'm at 8 hit points now. Oh, with that one... I ha- I had full HP plus 5 temporary HP, and I t- I'm now down to 8. I have 1 hit point. Uh, <laughs> Holy fuck! This is not good. And that is the slug's turn. So, Red, it is yours. Jesus fucking Christ. Doesn't exist in this world except for as a boat builder. He's a boat builder and he's a good friend of mine. I am going to reaction cast Hellish Rebuke because I've taken damage from this thing. He needs to make a dexterity saving throw. Ah, dexterity. Good odds here. Yeah, your odds are definitely good here. Let's see what the slug does. Oh no, that's 18, or no, that's 17. Oh, my, yeah. It still take half take damage. Half damage. Um, I'm casting second level, so it's 3d10, so he's going to take half of this. Uh, that's 12 damage, so he only takes 6. Okay. But that was um, only a reaction, so I, I still have an action. Uh, what is your rebuke? My rebuke is fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Short and sweet. To uh, the point. Excellent. And to the it's point. Yeah. Um, and then I am going to action uh hit it with a weapon. <laughs> that I have. <laughs> I'm gonna I've been purred happily, and this me talking. I'm gonna uh, try to hit it with my little hand crossbow I just picked up. Ooh, that's a 22 to hit. Ooh, that'll Yay! hit. New crossbow. That's another six damage. Another six? Okay. Um, the slug is now visibly wounded. I should have said it's visibly wounded on its last turn, um, but it's it's got some noticeable wounds and it's definitely bleeding yeah i mean kitty set it on fire and then i did hellish rebuke which also set it on magical fire so like it's a lot of fire (laughs) that this guy's dealing with fire fire okay um treble it's your turn would you like to make a death saving throw uh remind me what do i add to this is it just a yeah, it's just a regular. I can right? do okay. another potion or spare the dying on you uh, next turn. That's good because that's a failure. That's a three. Okay. Oh fuck! Don't worry, you're fine. for the audience's sake. If on a death save, I have to make a roll, and if I get below ten, I fail my death save. If I get above ten, I succeed, and if I get three failures. Uh, treble dies completely. But if you get three successes, you're stabilized. Yes. And if you yes. roll a natural Correct. 20, you come up with one hit point. And if you roll a natural one, you get two death saves in one roll. Yeah. 
It sucks ass. I'm not gonna let you roll another death save, because I'll I'll get you up on my next turn, which is before yours. I'll raise you up so you so can fly can a mountains. <laughs> I feel like we may have skipped over my turn. Um no, because the slug just went, so it's your turn next, I think. Oh, yeah, you just did a reaction, and then you took your turn. It's okay. Now it's Herman. Oh, shoot, you're right. And because I fucked it up, go ahead and make your first uh, attack roll with advantage. Okay, if you insist. Okay, before I attack, though, I say, With my dying breath, I'm gonna send you back to hell, demon spawn! Cool. Ooh, okay. Ooh, that's Spicy, yeah. Yeah, I got 15. <laughs> oh wait, I had advantage. Roll it again. Okay, definitely not. Fifteen. <laughs> that'll that'll hit. So you, yeah. Okay. And then where'd that D ten go? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, thirteen damage. Ooh, okay. Good old chunk there. And you're in frenzied still, right? So you can. I think you can still make the extra attack. Yep. Yeah. Right, let's try again. Do I still have advantage on the second attack? Probably not, right? You have you have Bardic Inspiration, so you can add a D6. Oh, I do have Bardic Inspiration. Yeah. Uh, what is Bardic Inspiration? Because I, I had eight. You had one D... You roll a D6. And add a D6. Oh, God. Sorry, you have to hit uh, four or better? Yep, four Straight or better. Straight up six, baby! Woo! Nice. Hey. Okay. All right, so I hit him again. This time, <laughs> I got another one. So five. <laughs> that's okay it. that was a good a good first axe hit you're supposed to be like hey i want to ax you a question oh, that would have been so good <laughs> pretend i said that <laughs> pretend i said that okay so i guess it would be the the no, slug's turn my turn oh kitty first in this but did. you're a because we did I, Treble's I, turn, and then it would have been mine, but we went back and did Hen uh, Herman's turn, so it would be my right. turn, then the slug's turn. Okay. All right. You're right. <laughs> so I'm just going to try to shoot it again. Uh, oh, that's not as good, though. Um, a 12, but does 12 hit? Uh, it ties, so yes, yes! that hits. Okay, great. Another 17 damage. Okay. And then the burning damage. So another five burning damage as well. And then that, now it's done burning. Okay. So that is exactly the damage you need to kill it. Oh, thank fucking God. So, yeah. do, you, so do you say anything? Oh, as... I'm just like, fuck off. Oh my God, we need to get out of here. And she just shoots because she's not hiding or anything. She's just holding a gun and shooting. With a horrible sound of gurgling and the sloshing of liquid, the slug and keels over to the side. Okay, so he's Abba done. Let's get okay, out, are of, we out, of out of here. For the moment, yes. Okay, then I'm gonna give the other healing potion to Treble. I will take that. You have potion. no choice. You're <laughs> unconscious and I put it in you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not much, but I will take it. I stand up and start to hobble down the hallway yeah i run i go so you continue down that hallway a very narrow cave-like passage periodically there are alcoves for torches little brackets for torches 
rough stone on walls, floor, and ceiling. The area kind of at the front of the passageway is covered in slime, presumably from its most recent occupant. You also feel like a slight breeze. That seems good. I want to be outside. Let's keep running. <laughs> uh, what order are you guys in? I am in the back. So it's, yeah. it's probably Herman. It's Herman. Red, treble. Yeah. Herman and then me and then Treble. And then. Well, Red with a, a gnome. Yeah, with a gnome. Still on his back. Oh, no, that gnome is super dead after that poison or the acid spray. No, I protected yeah, him with my body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that... I mean, I only well... took half damage, so I imagine that I was hiding behind Herman, and the gnome was hiding behind me, and I think that he took zero damage. I think that that's not... Okay, well then I cast Spare the Dying on him. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'm like, that dude's super dead. He's so super dead. Yeah, that dude's super dead. I cast dead. Spare the Dying. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. I, mean, I just want to save one person, okay? I want to save one person. You okay. can't spare the dying also, somebody who's dead. Like, we can get a lot of information from this person, <laughs> probably, oh, about what was going I on. I know. Listen, we already have one gnome we have to save. We can't <laughs> add a second this. one to this. stop saving all the gnomes. <laughs> I need this. None of you are the DM. Henry, is my gnome alive? I mean, I was going to say no, just because the gnome did not make a save. Do and you want you the gnome all, to make a you, save? Do we want to go back? You were also inundated with an acid spray. Do we want to go back so. and have the gnome make a save? <laughs> Henry, do you want to live in a happy household where your, your <laughs> wedded spouse doesn't kill you in your sleep later for killing this gnome? <laughs> well, if I die, then that means I don't have to pay off my student loans, so... <laughs> Loophole! <laughs> Loophole! I will have to pay them off. I will allow you to make a saving throw, but regardless of the outcome, I don't want to hear about the gnome again. <laughs> That's nothing. And also, why would I make the saving throw? The gnome has its own stats. I need you to make this character right On now. On the fly. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Yeah, that's the weakest Compl- gnome in existence. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> complain about a thing, and then I'm gonna make somebody else do that. I didn't complain. So. The rest of the people on this podcast want me to suffer. I said nothing. <laughs> I'm just trying to be realistic. Yeah, I was like, here. I just not trying to make that you, you suffer. had a gnome on your back, and I'm like, oh shit, you took an acid spray. Yeah, but we did say that we were <laughs> hiding behind Herman. Yeah, I, I will also say you saved 13 people already. I did not. 16 if you count the two cells. They're probably still gonna die. Yeah. As soon as I'm well, out no, because ten of the, you you saved ten people who were out on the various surgical tables. They're probably still gonna die. They're unconscious. They're not like running away. I mean, but as I said, some of them were conscious. Okay, they didn't come with us. I don't think. <laughs> also, where the hell is Where'd Hattie? Actually, that's a good question. Hattie would probably be bringing up the rear at this point. Is she also carrying a a, a conscious person? Hattie doesn't seem like the hero type. What happened to them? I think you just feel like that because Hattie won't love you back. <laughs> <laughs> or because Hattie's a henchman for a uh, for a maritime underlord. porn museum. Yeah. She's not a henchman. Yeah. She's a private eye. Oh yeah, that's right. Her and the other one—they have their own like their own bodyguards. Funyuns. Oh, that's right. Where is she with then? I mean, 
she is at the rear. She was in the passageway, which had the suits of armor in it that you kind of entered from. Um, but rejoining you now, it looks like she has in tow with her a halfling woman and a triton man. Oh, okay. Awesome. And you can see that she is wiping blood off of her mace. Okay. Um, she killed something. So Good job, at, Hattie. You, Hattie, you can tell me uh, if my halfling is dead or my gnome is dead. Just go ahead. Your gnome, your gnome succeeded, so your gnome is not dead by by the skin of its teeth. Um, Hattie comes up to the group and says, uh, "I killed two more monks, but it sounds like more are coming. I tried to get more prisoners to follow, but some of them stayed, and some of them ran off into another passageway." All right, let's oh. get out of here. They don't get eaten by the dog. Maybe they know a special dog trick. <laughs> Kitty is like close to tears at this point. Her ears are flat against her head. Her tail is like wrapped around her leg. She hates this. Herman's on death's door. I got one HP. I'm just dragging my axe behind me, just like I don't also, feel you have so a good. And because you <laughs> yeah, frenzy no. raised, you have a level of exhaustion as well. Oh, fuck. Let's get out, Henry. We want out. Trouble has been downed <laughs> we're, twice. We're moving. What do we see? So, just to recap, because there was a discussion about a gnome, which of you is at the front? Uh, Herman. Oh dear. Somehow, somehow Herman's tired, dying ass is in the front. (laughs) Okay, so making your way through this passageway, the ceiling is a little low, so at points, Herman, you have to stoop down to avoid giving yourself a headache, (laughs) or, you know, (laughs) running into rocks. Story of my life. Yep, yep. Uh, It's a tall person struggle for sure. Anyway, making your way further, uh, you start to feel more of a breeze and you hear the sound of water crashing. Finally, you round a bend and the the passageway that you're in opens up, uh, revealing that you're at the base or close to the base of the cliff uh, on which the abbey rests. And about fifteen feet below you, uh, down a, a stone pass or a stone stairway that's been carved into the side of this cliff, uh, is a jetty, and there is a boat waiting there. Oh, we're fucking stealing that boat, motherfucker! Well, you could, um, but is it our guy? waiting on the dock for you is a Aracocra wearing a green and gray cloak, and you recognize that it's Merriman, the sharpshooter. It's our excellent bird friend. And next to Merriman, you see the imposing figure, the imposing draconic figure of Frankie Fourfingers. Fuck all of it. Fuck it. Let's get in the boat. I hate this. Uh, as you move to get on the boat, Merriman like holds up the radio and is like, "I've been calling for, for like the last hour. Where have you all been?" In a dungeon. Shit happened. You get on the boat and you realize that uh, Bottles is driving the boat, and he's got an ascot on, and he's got like those cool 1920s driving goggles that people used oh, to have. Geez. Like he's just out for <laughs> yes. a jaunt on the water. Like he, exactly, <laughs> like he's having a grand old time. And as soon as you're on board, he. I mean, he floors it as much as an old motorboat can. So you, like, start slowly 
going away from the dock. Who has the uh, uh, walkie-talkie? I do. No, who who in the boat has the walkie-talkie? Merriman has Merriman? one. Yeah. Okay, so I turn to Merriman. I'm, Sorry, we couldn't hear you on the walkie-talkie. We had terrible reception. We have AT and T, so you know. All <laughs> 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 oh, right. <laughs> hmm. Well, I use Troll Mobile or T-Mobile as it's known. <laughs> So you are now out at sea, and you are per- you are going away from the land, off into the ocean. Free at last. Hey, hey, where are we going? Frankie turns to you and lights a match by scraping it on the side of his face, and then lights a cigar, and he's like, You've raised a lot of heat in this town, and uh, Merriman told me what happened to Krogash, so for the time being, we're going to take you to where the heat is a little bit less. Not to worry, uh... I'll make sure that, you know, by the time you get back, things are okay. But here's the deal. We're going to take you out to uh, one of the floating cities that doesn't get a lot of traffic. Kitty's eyes are like, We're going to take know, you over to the ta- to the city of Kuru. You know how, like, cats' eyes, when they see something they really want, and they they get all black almost? Kitty's eyes are, like, all black. <laughs> and then he kind of lowers his voice and like, But, uh, here's the deal, uh... Obviously, we can't take you to uh, one of the cities that, that Bastelone owns outright because they've got a presence out there. So we're going to take you to uh, the city of Kuru, which is uh, currently in disputed waters. So uh, nobody should bother you, but uh, just stay on your toes. Red nods in um, acknowledgement and then lays down and takes a fucking nap because he's at eight hit points. <laughs> um, those who want to, go ahead and roll history. Oh, yeah. No, Kitty definitely is like, well, yeah, okay, uh-huh. Uh, dirty 20. Okay, so you remember Kuru as being one of the cities that was originally built by the nation of Kebra, uh, floating cities built by the nation of Kebra, kind of in the aftermath of the war that caused the continent to sink. In the interval since that war, the city has changed hands, like, probably 20 different times. There have been a number of battles, and control of the city kind of rotates between Kebra and Bastalone, and to a lesser degree, Ransheim, for whoever wants to control that particular piece of ocean. Uh, I don't like using this analogy, but if you can think of Tortuga from Pirates of the Caribbean, it's sort of like that. I rolled a history check, and I got a crit 20, so Treble has definitely been there. Yeah, that Treble, makes sense. Done some I, 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 I can see that. It is a long way to go, though. So you have probably three to four hundred miles of ocean to get through. On a little tiny motorboat with Hattie and three escaped people? Yeah. I mean, oh, fuck. You, I mean, you don't know, though, if you're going to finish the journey in that boat. It might be well, something I hope, else. I hope not. Well, and two escaped people. We didn't have enough room, so we left the gnome on the shore. <laughs> fuck you. Oh, God. <laughs> fuck all of you. This is, my, this is my emotional support gnome. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you try to take away their emotional support gnome? <laughs> Oh, that's so good. That's so good. <laughs> Whoever this gnome turns out to be, they better be my friend. 
as you're sailing, two things happen. The first is that the sun begins to rise in front of you, casting shades of orange and yellow over the waves. Uh, it's very picturesque in its in its own way if you forget about the slug and the people that you just killed. And all the atrocities we saw. And, you know, alive Mabel. You still haven't told us that. I, I, we haven't had time. The second thing that you witness is Bottles kind of reaches a hand down and he pulls out a flare gun and shoots it into the sky. And a green flare shoots out and begins to sparkle and kind of slowly floats down. You hear the sound of metallic pops and next to you surfaces a submarine. Nice. Yes. Uh, the submarine, however, you instantly recognize the seal of the Royal Kebran Navy. Frankie turns to all of you and says, You'll make the rest of your journey aboard this fine vessel of the Royal Kebran Navy, uh, a courtesy of one of my contacts over there. Say hello to the Pride of Nehekor. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of Dial M for Magic. As always, your cast was Dan Rogland as Red, Nathan Pierce as Herman Cranberry, Jordan Fugit as Treble, Bobby K. Kuffner as Kitty Bradley, and our dungeon master was Henry Rogland. Our artwork was done by Ashley Meisner Terran, and our intro and outro music was done by Alex Hills. Give us a follow on Instagram at dial underscore m underscore podcast, or on Twitter at m for magic cast. Or check out our website, dialemformagic.com. Our next episode will be coming at you December 23rd. We look forward to seeing you then. It's time for a commercial break. Asbestos. Asbestos, what it can do for you and your friends. Get some lead paint. Give you cancer. Put it up in your whole house. Have fun with it. My name is Chinston Mohill, and I'm here to talk to you about joining the new Bastalone Police Force. Absolutely not. It made me the gnome I am today. Okay. Join the police force. In the police force, you can be a gnome guy in the police force. Are you in for a, a rollicking good guy? time? Come on down to <laughs> Beelzebuts. You'll have a devilish time. Now hiring at the Maritime Porn Emporium. Are you sexy? Do you want to get down? It's me, Hush Puppy Jones. Now, there's never been a better time to jump into Maritime Porn. Are you kind of really into starfish? <laughs> what? I, I imagine. I'm thinking of marine. Marine, not maritime. I imagine <laughs> that marine and maritime porn have some crossover. <laughs> I'm thinking of the mermaids with the starfish for like their bra. Ah, uh, okay. Are, do do you can you polymorph? Do you want to suck on a titty all day? <laughs> I have a job for you. Oh no. <laughs> Because that's what they're doing. They're, yeah. like, sucked on. Yeah, that is exactly where the mouth of the starfish is. I'm sorry for ruining mermaids for everyone. Well, they also you... wear clam bras, so... 
Yeah, I, f I think it's mostly clamshells. Yeah. No, all the mermaids in um, in Peter Pan have starfish bras. Peter Pan has hmm. a lot of problems with it. So. What are you talking about <laughs> yeah. with the very, very racist, racial stereotypes of Tiger Lily and her family? <laughs> I don't know what you're speaking of. There are no problems with Disney's Peter Pan. It's all fine. None at all. I mean, it's not all about a bunch of kids dying and then going into this other okay, place. Okay, that technically, no, that's, that's not, that's not, not the, true. That's, that's, a, that's actually, that's an urban yeah. myth about the stories. <laughs> Which is a very popular urban myth, but an urban myth nonetheless. Yeah, the true part is it, that it's racist. <laughs> yeah. It's also just... I got this new candle. Just, it's 10 out of 10. Would recommend. Okay. okay. What kind of candle just, is it? I just lit it. It's it's nice. It smells nice. Uh, it's soft cashmere and amber. Wow. Oh, I hate smells like that. Hmm. I, mm. I did get the new Cantrip Candles healing potion. It's sweet. Oh, did yeah, you? Sweet citrus and rosemary. It smells so good. Healing that potion nice. is what I'm about to do to our friend Treble. <laughs> That's what you're about to shove down his gold? Yeah. <laughs> I think we got some, right, before we left? Some healing yeah. potions? I, I did give you some. But they're on, I think they're on my person. Uh, yeah, but I can get one off your person well, and shove it in you. Yeah, that's true. Up, that's, right up mm, your ass like a suppository. Yep. <laughs> well, it'll work faster Butt that chug. way. <laughs> Butt chug. Hey, uh, do you need to get somewhere in a hurry and don't really care about how you're going to get there in one piece? Hi, I'm Chad over at Fast Goblin Taxis. I'll get you there. Somehow. Hello, I'm Franklin Claw over at the Orchid Macabre. If you're like me and you're looking for a fancy night on the town, the Orchid Macabre is your place to go. And that would be like the fancy persona of Frankie Four Fingers. <laughs>